podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Talking Texas Podcast. What's going on, everybody? My name is Daniel. It's your boy, HH. HH, trying to live, trying to stay alive, man. Coming at you with that screen, man. We're live, baby. We do the podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Instagram. Um, Twitter's the main one. All the links are in the description. As you might have heard just now, we do this on YouTube now as well. So shout out to everybody that's watching on YouTube that will watch. Subscribe to the channel. That's mm. something new I'm going to have to remember to say. But we have a Patreon account. Link's also in the description. So remember to check that out as well. You know, we say 30 to 40 minutes, but sometimes they go on for an hour. Like the last one was really long. So it, I guess this, it, this, it, it depends what has popped off in the, in the last week, man. So Yeah, this week's going to be about World War Three and Whatever happened in power, I know, but I can't say because Half Hope hasn't watched it yet. So <laughs> I almost blurted out what happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> it was close. It was close. I was almost close to tell you what happened, but yeah. you know, it's good. It's good. So, so yeah. Right, um, what, 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 what are we going to write, write this week, man? Look, January transfer window, man. I'm hearing about the ooze, man. The ooze. This is normally the week where we do mailbag, but I, I guess I've decided that. I don't feel like doing a mailbag this week. So uh, what are we going to talk about? What's on your mind? Actually, yeah. What is on Half Hope's mind? The original intent of this podcast was to find out what's on your mind. So what's going on? What's on my mind mainly, um, I think, is can you actually get anyone in the January transfer window? That's the first thing. But two things on my mind is... What is the likelihood of making a truly major signing in the general defense window? And I wish we had like a Wikipedia or something. What have been the best signings or the biggest name signings that have happened in January? I remember Torres happened in January, didn't he? Torres and Suarez happened in the same window. So Did it? Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool used the Fernando Torres money to buy Luis Suarez and Andy Carroll. So I think Andy, Andy Carroll was 35 million and mm. Suarez was somewhere in that neighborhood, like 25 to 35 somewhere, I think. Other than that, I can't really think of any major January transfers. I'm sure somebody will, will know something. But yeah, it's one of those weird months where you, you know how we talk about most of the transfers that happen. Mm. It, it, it takes a while for things to line up. So basically, oh, well, Aubameyang to Arsenal might be one. Where oh, was, things, was that January? Remember, Chelsea wanted to get rid of oh, yeah, that, Morata that whole and that whole merry-go-around yeah. and, and things like that. So, again, yeah, uh, Brandon in the comments, he said Mata to January as well uh, with, with Mourinho. Oh, um, was, was that from Chelsea to? Yeah, Chelsea for $37 million, I believe it was. Um, so, yeah, there are deals, but it has to be Van Dyke. Van Dyke was, was January? What? Yep. Yeah. You remember in the... In the I, thought, I thought that was... Because I, I, remember I remember when he was like... Um, pretty much, uh, what, what's called? He was in exile from Liverpool, mm -hmm. and he he posted like a picture of him, like on a private jet or something. I was like, well, this guy's. Well, what happened was, is like I think Southampton they they weren't happy that Liverpool were making inroads. Like they felt like it was like kind of going below the belt. So you know they kind of did they they, they put out a um no Liverpool actually put out a thing on Twitter, on the news that was like, we're not interested in Van Dyke anymore because I guess they breached some law. Mm. And um, I guess that January, after like the dust had settled, they went back in, I think, with $75 million, And um, that was that. So yeah, there have been some good deals done. But as I was trying to say, the time is so short that the two clubs really have to want to do it. I think it has to be mutually beneficial for all or just crazy money. So like 75 mil for Van Dyke. All right. 
we'll we'll do it. If you had to rank best signing in general, not based off how they performed, just based off wow, you got that that dude in January. It might be Torres. N- name me a much a bigger deal that happened in the German football transfer window than Torres. I mean, remember, I not, no, no, no. Remember, not based off how they performed afterwards. The initial thing of like you got to that. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I, got, I got you. I feel you. You're right, because that was 50 million in 2011. The best deal in January is Suarez. Are you going to say that Suarez at Ajax was better than Torres for Liverpool? No, no, no. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you're talking about just overall the best deal in terms of how it went for the club that got the player. The one that comes to mind is Suarez. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, but, maybe. But, but, but if asking who who was the bigger deal, it was Torres in terms of like from Liverpool to Chelsea for the money that's that it was and, 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 and the player who he was at the time. That's so, Missy. Yeah, that's, really, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I, I was getting there. You just didn't let me finish. Um, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean. Look, and it's like, see, as a football fan, as a football mm-hmm. fan, just as a football fan, because I'm a complex Chelsea fan. Pogba to Real Madrid in January would be crazy. That would be crazy. That would be the biggest one. Oh, oh no, hold on, no. Like, that would be the big, easily the biggest one. And there's a chance that it's going to happen. I just don't think it will happen. But it's can really, like, Pogba wants to leave. And I think there's now a growing thing of United fans who, be, let's just be very, see, see, this is the thing with this whole Pogba thing. He could have easily put up a force in the summer very easily. But he was like, okay, I'm going to chill. I'll chill. I'll chill. And I'll be respectful. Now that he has seen that now, this under social, we're not really going in a positive direction. It's 2020. This is the modern player. Modern players push for a move. So Pogba pushing for a move shouldn't anger United fans. United fans being angry that Pogba is just pushing for a move. I don't know where the hell you're... Um, Getting out from, but my thing is, um, if you're Man United, generally, mm-hmm. give me a number that you would sell for. I don't think United, in a perfect world, I don't think they'd want to sell because Pogba's Pogba. And if you look at their team, the way that it functions right now, they don't have a player like him in their team in terms of midfielders. Do they need him? Haven't they been winning without him? They've been winning without him, but against who and in what style? So yeah, they beat you know some of the bigger teams, if you will, but they 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 play counterattacking football against smaller teams, though West Brom's the West Brom against like uh, the West Ham's and the Watfords and the Bournemouths and those kinds of teams. You need players with creativity, players that can make something out of nothing. Mm. You might look at just players and midfielders that they have. McTominay's not going to make something out of nothing. Matic is going to make something out of nothing. Um, Fred may have the capability, but we we don't see it. Mata used to have that ability, but he's I think 31, 32. So the only player that you would look at in their midfield of their midfielders, let's not talk about Pereira, um, <laughs> is Paul Pogba, and that's the player that they need. They need a player like that. But Paul Pogba doesn't want to be there. Ever since I saw the picture with Pogba and Zidane, and I think Dubai or wherever they were, I was like, oh, okay, I see what's gonna happen here. Pogba's gonna be out for a time. And that's going to set in with the fans. Maybe they get a couple of results that they shouldn't, or they should, depending on how the game goes. Pogba's going to make a scene. He's going to do something. 
And then I think after they lost to, was it Arsenal? And Ollie came out and said he's going to go to his people and get a recommendation from his people. And that became a big thing. I think some, some of the pundits were in the news talking about, because Pogba put on his, I think, Snapchat or Instagram story that this is the best way to open up 2020. And he was talking about listening to the Quran and like Islam or whatever. But because they lost to Arsenal, United, United fans were like, what do you mean this is the best way to open up 2020? We lost to Arsenal. So then you had like, I think Ryan Giggs and those men that are on TV or whatnot, just having those claims and stuff. So the foundation is being laid for, by, I think by Pogba and his Pog and his agency. Rayola. Yeah, we want to get out. Because Rayola said, I wouldn't take, uh, I, I forget the place he said, he said Maldini, Maradona and Pele. If you put them in United, they'd, they'd be ruined. So I don't want to have any players. <laughs> I don't want to have any players at United because they would ruin Maldini, Pele, and Maradona. So they're trying to get him out. So this is the perfect thing to get him out if you're Pogba's team anyway. All, all that being said, what was your original question? Is there an if you're my United, is there a number where where you, okay you would sell in January? And now now I remember where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> in an ideal world. With with the with the way that they play, if you were going to sell, given how much Coutinho go for, we've seen Dembele go for, we've oh seen Van Dijk and those kind of guys go for. You bought Pogba for ninety million before Neymar happened. I think they'd be asking somewhere around one fifty, one sixty. But because that foundation has been laid, mm. and and some of the fans are actually like, "Yo, I can't be fussed with Pogba. What is he doing in our club? He's not committed to the cause." Woo woo woo. Maybe they could get to like a hundred, hundred and ten, somewhere around there. Or you can be creative. It can be a case of because this is what I was even reading earlier. We can offer you Vinicius. We can offer you Vasquez. Forget Tony. Like I was reading about Tony Cruz. Tony Cruz is not touching United. That, that's that's not ha happening. So what I see if I'm Man United, cash plus a player. Mm -mm. Why not? If, if you're selling Paul Pogba, you need a player of maybe not equal but comparable quality to Pogba, and the only way you can do that's that. That's not happening. But you need to do that if you want to get back to where you're supposed to be. No, no, you no. can't take. But you can't take a Madrid reject. Let's say they sell him for 160. Mm -hmm. Who can Man United get a top quality player for 160? All because you have the cash doesn't mean that you can get the player and that player wants, wants to come to you. Well, that would work with the player swap deal. So who's to say that, let's say Isco is, is the guy that Manchester United want, right? Remember, just say, we'll give you X amount and Isco. What if Isco doesn't want to go to Manchester United? Then what? Then you go down the list. Okay, then we'll give you Hamas and more money instead. We don't want Hamas. It's 2020. What 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 do we want with him? Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. You brought up the name because you just easily discarded that name. Man United needed a creative player because Juan Mata is trash and he needs to go into a retirement home. Hamas Rodriguez is waiting for the right kind of team to be put into. Don't do your face like that, bro. Don't do your face like that, bro. I still believe that James Rodriguez has something. So you're saying that 90 mil plus James Rodriguez, United shouldn't take that deal. 90 mil is a lot. 90 but, but, mil but again, plus James Rod Rod Rodriguez. How, okay, in an ideal market, how much do you think Paul Pogba's worth? 
this market or just in general markets? This market, 2020 oh, market. Oh, 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 I mean... Um, World Cup winning, one of the best central midfielders in the world, Paul Pogba. How 170, 180, 170. And also so merchandising, I think 170, 180. Okay, so he's worth 180. Now now let's put that, you know, Raiola dust mm. over Manchester. Now how much is he worth to Manchester United to get rid of? Like, like how much would you be willing to take less in order to get rid of him? 30 million, 40 million? Which would make the number like then 140. Because so, it's true. You can't go from 180 to 90. You can't go from 180. So I suppose you're, we're no, looking at 110, 120. So so uh, so if you say 120 and then you want to do 90 plus Hamas, mm. you say Hamas is worth 30 million in 2020? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Because if, if you, if you look at it, Fred and McTominay are sort of workhorses. And what they need is it. So let's say what they need is Paul Pogba. That's what they need. Like Paul Pogba is the player that they need, no, but no, 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 he no. doesn't want to be there. No, it's not. That's the that's the issue. See, see, let me let me let H break it down for you. Since this is talking tactics, okay. Let's let's break it down for you. Break it down. The biggest mistake that people made was Pogba is a central midfielder who can dictate the the, the, the texture of the game like a Modric. Like a Tony Cruz, like a Tego Alcantara, like a Verratti, like a, like a Javi, and so forth. He's in that. Pogba is a master of many different talents. He can control, he can attack, he can be box to box, he can play as a DM, he can go into the wing. The issue that they that United have had is they had trying to force him to do too many things, but specifically not not only do too many things, but be the central midfielder who is the nucleus of the team. What's why Pogba was so effective for Juventus was Pielo controlled the game, Vidal was an extra supplement, Pogba was given the freedom to do his thing. For France, Kante held the midfield intact, Matuidi was the extra muscle that, that, that kept it intact, Pogba was given the freedom to do his thing. At Man United, who don't have a Kante, who don't have a Pielo, who don't have a, a, a Vidal, he's having to do that work, which isn't his strength. So, you're, so they're not really playing Pogba to his strength. So the reason why Real Madrid is such a perfect fit is that if let's say you have, if let's say you're playing a three, and it's um, Casemiro and Cruz, or it's Valverde and um, Casemiro, that means that whether whether it's Cruz or whether it's Valverde, they are holding the midfield intact with Casemiro, and Pogba is given the freedom to do his thing. So he's not required to do that kind of passing, keep dictation of the work, which Tony Cruz does excellently well. But as Manchester United, who don't have a Tony Cruz, he's, he's having to do the Tony Cruz role, which isn't his strength. That's the thing. So, so, so which is why I say for Man United, the wisest thing to do is accept he doesn't want to be here. So instead of just forcing, forcing the issue, say, okay, look, he doesn't want to be here. How can we work this out? Our attack is pretty good. You say, okay, it was against weak, weak teams, but... We have won games without Pogba. So what we need is we need a playmaker. Like a midfield is functional. It's just not creative, but it's functional. What we need is a flat type midfielder and attacking. Like you already have your inside forwards in or your wingers in Daniel James, in Martial. I think Greenwood and um, Rashford. I think Greenwood is actually a pretty good player. So your attack is I it's is it's cool. Defense, it is what it is. But you also got the McTominay and Fred to help. What's missing is the technically brilliant midfielder. 
who can create and add some flair to the team. That's that's that is what they are missing. Okay, so if Pogba isn't that, what makes you think Hamas will be that? Because that's what Hamas does. The issue with Hamas is that we've never seen the Hamas in Colombia for Real Madrid. That's the issue. The Hamas for Colombia is a dead. People are thinking about 2014, like that's six years ago now. The, no, no, the no, player no. that we saw in 2014. In the two games in 2018, he was all right. Two games. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. Um, Colombia only played three games. Because remember, the, 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 oh, no, sorry. They played, uh, no, no. The three games in the group, he was all right. He didn't play the game against England, which is the knockout stage, stage game. But for the three games, obviously, the, the two games, he was really good. Third game, yeah, against Senegal, he was cool. He was injured for the game against England. So that's 18 months ago, by the way. But okay. Okay, so you just don't believe in Hamas Rodriguez at all. I just checked my watch. It's 2020. <laughs> believe, believe, believe in Hamas. Believe, believe in Hamas. What's how should Man United move forward in general? What what is the best thing that they can do? I don't know. I'm not a United fan. Like I, I know what the answer isn't. Like, where's Carl? Huh? That he he would have the answers. <laughs> so uh you ain't got the answers, Sway. You ain't got the answers. <laughs> so you want to talk about uh Ronaldo? He scored a hat trick today and had an assist, responsible for four goals. Um, some might call him the goat. Okay, so, you see this, this because see, if I say something now, I'll be called a hater. A hat trick is a hat trick quality, even if one of those ha- <laughs> You know, when I hear a hat-trick, I'm thinking of three goals from open play. The, the greatest hat-trick of all time was Rivaldo's hat-trick against Valencia. Still the greatest hat-trick of all time. Insane. I mean, like... Wait, wait, wait. wait what are you looking up for? No, that's the greatest... No, no, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Can I think of any better no, no. than that The one? most dramatic hat-trick was Lucas Moura. That's the most dramatic hat-trick. The greatest hat-trick of all time is Rivaldo's hat-trick. That's not up for debate. There's no discussion to be had. It just is. Um, so when I'm thinking of a hat-trick, I'm thinking of, oh, three goals from open play. One of those goals was a penalty. And if I think about it, I was like, okay, yeah. Like, the two other goals were like, good goals, good striker goals. It's Cagliari. I'm not hating. Please, I'm not hating. It's Cagliari. All What I will say, though, is... This is a great way to start 2020 because many people were saying he's declining, he's no longer there anymore. Does he still have it? So this is just a reminder of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can still ball, I can still score. So this, so so I can still get down. So in that sense, I'm like, all right, you know, give him his props there, but let's see where the chips lie at the end of the season. How far will they get into the Champions League? Because again, I have to remind people, he wasn't brought here to win the Serie. A. Or the Coppa Italia, he was brought here to win the Champions League. That's that's the whole point of this whole thing. Was I am the man, Mr. Champions League, that's going to deliver you the Champions League. So, and see, this this the thing about Twitter and so forth. Any little thing is just magnified because before Twitter and social media and so forth, like let's say. Like Messi scores a hat trick against Granada, like okay, you know, you watch this stuff, you wouldn't even call your friend about it or something. But if there's a Champions League night, you'll bring your friends over, you'll watch it. Messi will do it. So, okay, whoa, whoa. But you're not calling your friends, 
over to say, oh, did you oh did you see the hat trick that Cristiano scored against Cali? Did you see the two goals Messi scored against Espanyol? No, you're not. You're like, oh, cool. On to the next. But in this age of Twitter and so forth, anything that these guys do, it's magnetized. Like, oh, greatest player in the world. The ghost, the ghost shows against. Like, oh, who did who did he who did he do it against? It doesn't matter. He's the ghost. He's the ghost. But who did he do it against? Oh, he 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 did it against um. Flipping prostitutes FC or, 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 or something. So it's like <sighs> degree of difficulty matters. The the situation matters. The team played matters because those things really set you apart from like, all right, aha, I'm gonna give you extra cred. If it's so easy, why don't you just do it? That's the bar that came into my head. I think it might be a Jay-Z bar, not sure. Why doesn't everybody do this? If it's like everybody plays Calgary, we see the Calgary, racism Calgary, that happens. I don't feel like I need to pronounce their name right because we see the racism that happens every week at, from their club, so I don't okay. care. Okay, Calgary, Calgary, Calgary. Calgary, the racist club in Italy, okay? Okay. Now, <laughs> racism, <laughs> racism FC. Now, if, if it was so easy, how come everybody just doesn't do it? How come it's always Messi and Ronaldo that get these hat tricks? I saw a thing today that was like Ronaldo since 2008 has 36 hat tricks. Messi has 34 hat tricks. The next closest, I believe, is Luis Suarez or Sergio Aguero. They have like 12 or 13. So what is it? So how come these guys are the ones that get the hat tricks? You you talk about degree of difficulty. Hmm. There are 18 other clubs that have to play against Calgary. So how come none of their players end up getting hat tricks and stuff? You do have to give them credit. I know you might, how many goals have they scored in a World Cup knockout stage? I agree. Do it on the biggest stage of football. But if it's so easy, how come striker well, X isn't doing it? No, like no, no, Jekyll no, 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 and like, stuff like that. Uh, like these guys are incredible goal scorers, incredible footballers in their own right. Like you can't take that away from them. So when Ronaldo does score a hat trick, I think he's 34 years old. Give him credit. I've always said what these guys have done in terms of consistency and breaking records, it's amazing. It just doesn't excite me. Like, I don't go, wow. For, for me, I'm like, okay, another hat trick. Oh, another record. It doesn't excite me. What excites me is, oh my gosh, that's Champions League game. That's World Cup game. That's Euros game. Because I think growing up, those were the things that people made a big deal about. I think the key thing is that we're just living in, an, in a different era. Like, when I was growing up, there was no such thing as a player who was playing at a high level for five five years. You had two, three years peak, and that was it. There was no such thing as a guy who was at the very peak for five years. That just didn't occur. You know, there's no such thing as a guy who had like three, five, seven, eight hat-tricks in a season. That never occurred. So, but what was drilled into my mind was, oh my gosh, what, is, what can, what will this player do at the World Cup? What will this player do at the Champions League? What will this player do? So that was just, that was, that was really the yardstick. Rather than how many goals was all that they scored is what's what they did. Hence why, like, Zidane was the main guy. Zidane's stats are average. Average. <laughs> but he's seen as the great because he showed up at, on the biggest stages. Maradona's stats are average. They're, they ain't great. But he's great because he showed up on the great stages. But things have not changed right now where, wow, these guys are not seen as great because they are do, playing at a high level for a long period of time, which we've never seen before in the history of the game. But for me, I, you have to give it credit. It's an amazing feat to do, but it just doesn't excite me. Okay. Now, I, I, I do have a question about stats in, in particular. When we look at, back at Maradona's stats or Zizou's stats, mm. 
are they not great? They aren't. You say they aren't great when we look at Messi, when we look at Ronaldo. If you compare them side by side, mm. it's clearly that one way. But if we looked, I don't have the answer. But if we looked at Maradona's stats relative to people at his time, mm. or Zidane's stats compared to people at his time, mm. I wonder how they'd look. Would they look better? Would they look relatively the same? For me, again, I don't have the stats or the numbers to me, but I think the stats would have been yeah, pretty good, but not that great because I think the biggest deal was what they did on the pitch. There wasn't a lot made about, man, look at how many goals Zidane scored this season. Look at how many assists he had. The big thing was like, man, look at what this guy is doing on the pitch. Look what Maradona is doing on the pitch. Look at how he's affecting it. Because I think, because again, but again, there you go. Why is Pele talked about so much was because of the amount of goals that he scored. So it was not only what he did as a 17-year-old and everything, but the big goals, like, because this guy scored like a thousands of goals for... It's both. It's both for Pele. It's, it's both. both. It's you, both. You, you did it on the big stage and you were scoring a thousand... A thousand. Thousand. We can really, really verify and everything. He was going against, you know, like military backups. He was playing against army teams. Side shows and and everything, you know. (laughs) But but, but the interesting thing about Pele is that, see, what I've always said is that, and this is my my kind of crazy theories. I I think we may have talked about it before. Please don't steal my theory, but I'm going to let you go. Oh, no, no, because, okay, I don't know whether you said it or or this is my brother that said it, because my thing is that, okay, We've never seen him, blah, blah, and everybody talked about it. We did we did discuss this because it was like back in those days, it was very racist in those days. <laughs> this is my theory. <laughs> so if all these white guys are coming and say that this is the greatest player that I've ever seen, this dude must have been doing some absolutely incredible things. That he did things that were so incredible, this is my it's theory. impossible to ignore. So even through your racism, Back in the what's it called? Back in the fifties and the sixties and so forth, seventies, it was impossible to to ignore. So that's 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 my Pele theory. Like, how good must he have? If you look at like the fifties, sixties, seventies, like his first World Cup was nineteen fifty eight. Fifty eight, yeah. And then his last World Cup was nineteen seventy. Seventy, yeah. So that twelve year period, you have the nineteen sixties. Malcolm dead, King dead, Medgar Evers dead, Fred Hampton dies in nineteen sixty nine. Like mm. all of those people dead. If we want to go look at Europe and Africa, we could do the same thing. Mm. Bro, have you seen how Pele looks? Like, I don't, he looks black to me. Yeah. So, y'all still calling him the GOAT? He must be the GOAT. No, no. And also because, you know, people always say that, um, oh, look at how bad the defenders were at that time. Like, look at how, how slow they were. It's, again, not everybody was doing it. It's all relative to the time that you're relative. in. Because which is why I give Ronaldo credit. Which is why I give Messi credit mm. because it's all relative to the moment that they're in. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Because, because I always say, look, Pele was doing things that nobody had ever seen before. Like I think he was the first player that did like a bicycle kick, and nobody had ever seen that before. Maybe I don't know. I, I think so. So, so basically, he was just doing things where like, wait, what? Like this guy is putting the ball up, waiting for the ball to come down, and basically volleying it before it, it hits the ground. I said, like, what the hell is that? So, have you ever gone back and you looked at Pele highlights? Like they don't look. Oh yeah, spectacular. Because we've been—I don't want to say poison. Poison isn't the right word, but we've been privileged, I guess, to watch the evolution of football from the 1950s and 60s to where mm. what a player was doing 70 years ago doesn't look as appealing to us because yeah. there, there's been the evolution of you know sports science, tactics, fitness, 
all of that stuff makes players back then look a bit worse. It's like if you go back and you look at Wilt Chamberlain, he's not mm. going to excite you like a Giannis Antetokounmpo because, you know, Antetokounmpo stands on the shoulders of all the people who came before him. Mm. That being said, nobody else on the pitch to an extent, obviously you have, you know, the Garinches and those kind of guys, but nobody really was doing the things that Pele was doing. So you have to give them credit for the moment that they're in. That's my whole point with this kind of stuff. It is going to be very interesting to see how history remembers Messi and Cristiano. So let's say we just fast forward, like, because for me, I always say, like, history will be much kinder to Messi than Cristiano in terms of looking at footage. Because if you're going, if you're going to look at footage, Cristiano's thing is just goals. These guys would have a lot of goals. But in 50 years' time, if, let's say, you just took, like, a highlight reel of Messi, you're like, my gosh, this guy was dribbling past four, five, six guys going through. You couldn't tackle him. He was weaving through guys, putting the goal in. So it would look a lot more like crazy looking at what Messi was doing as opposed to what Cristiano was doing. But my thing about this is, and even people, and you're even seeing it happen as guys will say, like, you know, the World Cup doesn't really matter. The World Cup doesn't really matter. Like, the, the championship means more. So in 40, 50 years' time, will the World Cup not just be a very irrelevant tournament where people are like, Oh, it doesn't matter that they never won the World Cup. Look at how many Champions Leagues they won. So, of course, you have to put them in the same category as Maradona and so forth because the Champions League has now been seen as a as important or even more important than the World Cup. So, it would be very interesting to know how history treats and looks them at them 50 years down the line. I think the World Cup is always going to be the pinnacle of football. Just because That's it, what it, I hope. That's it, what it, I hope. Because like the, the, the Champions League is for people who really love football. In terms of how many people do you know that don't like football that watch the Champions League? Not that many. Maybe if you have a job or if you have to, like, I'm working on covering the football and et cetera, et cetera. But how many people watch the World Cup that don't like football? Uh, millions, billions maybe. Because there's a, a piece of nationalism and I'm repping my country and there's going to be so many no, more no, no. eyes and attention. It's like the amount of women so that I see it's, who... It's never going to lose relevance. Yeah, no, no, because like the amount of women that I see who... Um, <laughs> Couldn't give. They don't even know what what they have. They think offside is like a sci-fi movie or something. Like they don't give a damn about football. But once the World Cup comes, as you said, because it's this is like okay. If I'm Cuban, I don't know anything about football. Man, this Cuba and the World Cup. So you just feel a need to be part of it. And like people, I think I was saying this before. They say the rugby World Cup, the cricket World Cup, the tennis World Cup. All you need to just say is World Cup. And you know, no, this is football. Football, yeah. That, that, that's it. You're, you just need to say World Cup. So this, this is the global events that happen. So, do you know another interesting thing is when, when you brought up, you know, I think history is going to be more kind to Messi than it will Cristiano mm. because when you go look at Cristiano, you can talk just kind of about his goals. Mm. I always say this: if you put Olivier Giroud's top five goals or a top ten goals. Just just Olivier Giroud. If you put Olivier Giroud's top 10 goals, he might look like one of the greatest footballers to have ever lived. Especially when you cap it off with like that Scorpion goal that he had against Crystal Palace. Somebody, someone might think, if you Dan just no, showed the goal, don't, don't, that don't. this guy is like one of the greatest strikers of all time. Don't. don't. To a bigger degree, meaning like this is a more cogent argument. Or I think, I guess, I think I'm using that word right. Um Ibrahimovic, if you put Ibrahimovic's top 10 goals and you show that yes. big bicycle that he had against England, somebody might go, no, 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 no. Like, well, you see, even the goal he scored, I, th I think for Ajax, do you remember like the slalom goal that he had for Ajax? You're like, how was this wasn't, 6 wasn't, wait, 5 wait, wasn't guy? Wasn't that PSV or was that Ajax? Basically, I it was a Dutch he, team. 
Yeah, yeah, I think he played for Ajax, I believe, but before he went to Juventus, I think. But yeah, if you shut that slalom goal, you're like, how was a six foot five guy able to do all this? Like, this guy must have been one of the greatest of all time if he just showed like his top goals. And there is an argument that he is one of the greatest strikers of all time. But what my my larger point? Greatest strikers of all time. What is that face? Like, come on, bro. We mean there's an argument to be made that Ibrahimovic is one of the top. Football's been played since the 1800s, so being in the top 30 is a good is is a good. There you go, Ajax against Breda, I guess. But um, yeah, you, there's an argument to be made if you're in the top 30 strikers that that's a a good achievement considering how many strikers there have been over the course of history. So yeah, Ibrahimovic is one of the best. That's not an outlandish statement. It is. It is. It's not. Like I. The first thing about Ibrahimovic is you touched on the point. I will say he has the best goal repertoire of any player in terms of the variety of goals. Name me, name me one better. In terms of whether volley, free kick, flair, finesse, slalom, overhead kick, um, halfway line. I don't, can't think of any other player that has the, um, the variety of goals. Wayne Rooney. Has... What? <laughs> Rooney, Ro- Rooney has free kicks. He has like this kind of slalom goals, like the my head's has always he down. A bicycle goals. kick from the halfway line. Well, no, but he's done the bicycle kick against Man City. I'm just saying, like the different kinds of goals. I think all premium goal scorers have those kinds of like Gareth like Bale or not, not like, like that. But I'm just saying, there's people that do it. Like because I think I remember there was a time when I just looked at the Ibrahimovic show and I said, wait, my gosh. This guy scored some crazy goals. And the amount of different scores that he scored, I'm like, I've look, there are times when I just I just go to each and I just look at just strikers, just goals. So I've looked at all the, the greats because I always do that. I've not seen any other strike. That's why you have to listen to what I'm saying. The variety of the goals that he has scored. The variety of the goals that he has scored. I feel you. I feel you. I'm trying to think of players like you just put the highlight reel on. And there, you can tell. So, like, I'm thinking, like, Ibrahimovic would be one of those. Wait, 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 wait. you can tell what? What do you mean? If, if you put on their, like, greatest goals, mm. you would think this is the best player of all time. If you just showed their best goals. Bergkamp. Bergkamp. Yeah. Okay. Bergkamp. Obviously, the, the goal against Newcastle. And the one against, was it Argentina? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who else? OG Ronaldo. You see, that's the thing about OG Ronaldo. He's, you know what? Mo- most it's, of it's, it's mostly it's his technical skill. skill. Yeah, his goals were not skill. that flashy, yeah. Um, like for me, Dennis Bergkamp. Um, I'm telling you, look up Maradona. Okay. Maradona in, in Napoli. Look up Olivier Giroud's top 10 goals. I'm telling you. I don't, you would, I don't, I don't, I don't want You to. would think this guy is a GOAT. I'm telling you. Daniel, you want me to type on my computer, Olivier Giroud. Even doing that, I'll... That's that that that's even messed up. So type Olivier Giroud greatest goals. That's like I've never typed Giroud on YouTube in my life before. Never in my life. You don't type in greatest. You just type in top because if you put Olivier Giroud greatest goals, that just it doesn't sound good. No, but no, no, you know, no. okay. I, and you know, we're we're getting some help from the comments. I see Brazilian Hulk. He has some good goals. Van Persie, Henri. Yes. Yes. Now that might be a better shout than there, that was, there was one season where on risk of the goal where he did he 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 backed the guy up and then did the back heel. Another one where like he came, he went from the half line, I think it was against Bolton and then smacked the ball in, came off the bar. Like, 
Henri scored some crazy goals. Is it too cliche to say Messi? Like, if you typed in Messi's top goals, like, okay, you, you, you would understand. You would say Cristiano would have a better goal repertoire than, like, Messi. Would you say that? Well, you mean as in like as in like variety of, of goals? You mean no, no. I just mean like if you look at like let's say their top ten goals or whatever. Yeah. Who who would have the better catalog in that way? Like who would have the better top ten? If you think about like Messi against Getafe, Messi against uh, Bayern Munich when he sat down, uh, what's his face, Bo- Jerome Boateng, the free kicks that he scored, yeah, even yeah, the yeah. one against like, Liverpool, like, like, like Messi against Real Madrid, the way he ran through all the dudes. Could you argue that Messi's a better goal scorer than Cristiano? <laughs> Bro, we have to give him something, man. We have to give him like, something. Like, let's give him just something. Because I mean, if saying, we give I'm, him goal scorer, then what does he have? I'm, that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if we say, you know, is, if Messi's a better goal scorer than Cristiano, then what is really the argument? Because you, can, you can't talk about technical quality. No. The only thing Cristiano would have is more like oh, oh, no, heading. Well, heading. Well, jumping. Jumping right. on it. <laughs> but in. let's let's not have that debate. Um, so no. we, we talked about Ibrahimovic slightly. Do you care that he made his debut today? It was weird. You watched it? He, well, I watched because obviously I was in the office, so I watched mm, about sixty percent of the of the of the game. I mean, he looks all right, but <laughs> there was a point in which he 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 took a breath. So the point in which he was like, I was he had like. That- he had that MLS fitness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, <laughs> it was like okay, look, okay, this guy is 38 years of age, going on to 39. But for me, see, my thing about it is, like, look, I'm not ageist. I respect, my, I respect my elders. But Daniel, AC Milan are making a big deal for signing a 38-year-old. I get that to Ibrahimovic. I get what he has done. But let's deal with the facts. You are making a big deal that you not... First of all, you signed a player from the MLS, a retirement home. Secondly, you sign a player who is 38 years of age, going on to 39. <laughs> like, for me, that, that, that's shameful. Ibrahimovic probably has the fourth biggest brand in football. Behind Messi, behind Cristiano, behind Neymar. Neymar. Who has the biggest brand other than Zlatan? Don't worry. I'll wait. Horrible Cat Williams person. I swear that I'm missing someone. There's nobody. Those those three players have bigger brands. Zlatan's fourth, I think. Oh, so oh, that... oh, obviously active. You mean active? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I suppose, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the big deal. <sighs> Paul Pogba. Could you argue Salah over Zlatan? No, unless you live in Egypt. Yeah, I show you. You know, because you see, yeah, that's that's what I was missing, Pogba, but. Pogba is a good argument, man. Pogba doesn't have a bigger brand than Zlatan, I don't think. Bruh, bruh, Pogba is an argument, man. Like, we, we, we can have a discussion. In terms of just branding, that whole dabbing thing and stuff like that, bruh. Well, okay, okay. I will seed you Pogba, then he's still top five, okay, even yeah, though yeah. he's 38. Yeah. Which yeah. means that that's why Milan are doing this, because they realize this season's a wash. We've rejected Europa League football where I think they're 11th, somewhere around there, like their mid-table team. What What is our season about? What's going to excite fans to come to San Siro and watch our games? Look at these suggestions. Lingard. <laughs> Who, by the way, just signed with Mino Raiola. Quite interesting. Um, Ooh, Lingard. Yeah. 
Yeah. See, M- M- Mbappe's getting there. That's another suggestion I'm seeing in the comments. Mbappe's getting there, but he's not as big as Latin, I don't think. Not yet. No, 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 I, I, like, see, if Mbappe wins the Champions League, it's game over. Yeah. Like, like I see, that's the key thing because because I can remember when, when I was in, 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 in the office and I saw him on like CNN, I was like, wow. This, because this was after he won the, the World Cup. I was like, because oh, they did like a whole CNN one-on-one piece. I was like, okay, no, this guy is, he's, just so if he wins the Champions League, game changer. Game changer. Have you seen the comments? <laughs> ah, did you hear by the way that the Chinese Super League, uh by the way, for, for people who aren't watching on YouTube, so and, and, and also if if that other name is mentioned. <laughs> If, if you are watching on YouTube, somebody commented Igalo. So that's that's kind of pep hope silence there. But yeah, if if you didn't hear, the Chinese Super League put a cap on how much money players can be paid a week. Obviously, you tempted someone to say Yukubu. The Chinese why, 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 why would you do that? You trolled them into it. Um, the Chinese, <laughs> the Chinese Super League put a cap on how much players can get paid a week. So mm. I, like I think Oscar's on like 400 300 grand a week. He's like one of the highest paid footballers in the world. What? This is why I don't get that you put him in the in the uh Brick Academy. Academy. He's on like 3k, 300k. Like he's gay. he's one of the highest paid players in the world. But the Chinese Super League have said enough of that. We're putting 50k as as a limit. So a lot of players like your Oscars or just basically all the Brazilians, Hulk and the players that have gone to China, um They've, they're probably going to be dissuaded in some number from plying their trade in China because China China are trying to build up their own domestic players. Mm. Um, and I guess they're trying to stop their clubs from flopping, if you know what I mean. That's kind of interesting. Oh, no, I mean, oh, no, that, no, that is very surprising. Because, but remember then... how Gareth Bale in the summer was thought, like, if he leaves Real Madrid, he's going to go to China and make big money. I think that's off the table now. So, But, but my thing then, what's so what's the plan then? So... So because I think the whole plan of that whole wage thing was China wanted to compete with Europe. And be like, no, no, we we are creating another market here and we want our Chinese Super League to be able to be to 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 be a competitor to the biggest leagues. And by doing that, we can attract the biggest players in their prime, in their prime, based on of, of the wages we can offer, you know. Um because that's why what's it called? Carrasco went there, Hulk went there. But if they're not if they're going to stop that, then it's like, okay, maybe they've, they've obviously then given up and trying to compete with Europe. Um, I don't know if they've given up. I would say it's more they just want their players to get the prime spots in the club. But but maybe it's more, you know, the kind of communist idea of like, we're going to just put a cap on how much players can get paid. That way there's not huge discrepancies and Oscar gets paid 400K, this one player gets paid 10K. And there's not enough money to move around or whatever. I don't know, but you know, it's a communist country, so hmm. fairness, kind of. Um, we can, we can do some questions. We're at fifty minutes. They will all go to Qatar, like Manzukic and. Do you know how weird it was looking at Manzukic in Qatar? I said, wait, wait a minute. What the hell is Manzukic doing in Qatar? Like, I know what he's doing in Qatar, but what is he doing in, in Qatar? Put it that that's a that's not a bad idea because if you remember, I think Iniesta and Torres they went to Japan and were mm. getting paid like thirty mil a year. So there 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 are other places where you can make money. Oh yeah, but for China, sure. But, but China isn't going to be like the place, I don't think. 
Um, not anymore. So, questions you guys have asked, we will answer. Um, okay, from Oxygen Inhaled, can Chelsea win the? Oh, oh he's actually in the in the chats as well. All right, yeah. Uh, can Chelsea win the Champions League this decade? So in the next ten years, will Chelsea win the can they? Yes. Can yes. Will no. Okay, wait, wait. Why do you say will? I think Chelsea are a big enough club to where they'll be in the Champions League a number of times. Mm. Maybe in ten years, maybe like six or seven times or something like that. And if Chelsea are in there and they have the money to spend, then it's conceivable because they've done it before that they could win the Champions League. Will they win it though? I'm not. I'm, if even if no, you no, say, yeah, I, I think will is very strong because it's like yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to look at how long it is. How long will Klopp remain and Liverpool and their dominance? Are Real Madrid going to be? If Real Madrid now gets that big player, what are they? What are they going to do? Who is Neymar going to go to? Because Neymar still, may still have three, four good years in him. So, um, but the thing though, which is why Chelsea do have a chance, is obviously Liverpool are out there. I, can we both agree that in five years' time, Messi and Cristiano will retire? Yes. Yeah. So that now leads to who will now take upon the mantle and where will they be? You know. So who will Chelsea be able to attract and who will they be able to have in the post-Messi-Cristiano era? Because that would be very interesting what the world of football will look, will look like well, without see, Messi and Cristiano. This is the idea. It's like if you project what Chelsea have in terms of can Abraham be a top five striker in the world? Potential, maybe yes, but that still has to be seen. Mm. If you project someone like Mason Mount, can he be one of the best 10 midfielders in the world? I don't think so, but we'll have to wait and see. Mm. If you project someone like Reese James in five years, 10 years, will he be one of the best fullbacks in the world? I think yes, but he still has to continue that kind of progression that we've seen um, from Wigan up until now. And then can Chelsea, whoever the manager is, because it won't be Lampard. <laughs> um, but can oh, they? Get... So, 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 so everything Lampard can do is. is do I think like... Lampard's going to be the Chelsea manager until twenty? No, like he'll get sacked or leave yeah. or something. Sacked. Um, but you know, can, uh, will Chelsea be able to fill in with whoever the uh, the world class talent is at the time? If Abramovich still cares, sure, I could see. Chelsea winning a Champions League. I could see Arsenal winning a Champions League if they get things right. Arsenal. Say, yeah, why Why not? Arsenal are a big club. They're the biggest club in London. I know Chelsea fans don't like hearing it, but it's facts. No, 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 yeah. So, like, if uh, what I'm saying is, is if these particular clubs get their ducks in a row, so to speak, and they do what needs to be done correctly, I can't. I don't see why they couldn't. Like, where were Liverpool five years ago? Well, actually, maybe five years ago is not the best example. Where, where were Liverpool six years ago in 2013? No, because I was looking at thing either today or yesterday. I was actually looking at um, previous um, the um, final standings in the Premier League in previous seasons. Bro, my Liverpool were coming sixth, fifth. I think one season they came seventh. So right. Wow. Yeah, these guys were like, I was like, because I, I just forgot that they were like a sixth, seventh place team for some time. Do you remember Gerard's last game when they played Stoke and they lost like 6-1, 7-1? Oh, no, no. Like, what, what, was it Palace or was it Stoke? No, it was Stoke. It was Stoke. It was either Stoke or Sunderland. Mm. But, you know, uh, <laughs> someone said Arsenal next century. <laughs> Easy, man. Relax. But, but I'm just saying, like, if, if you look at where Liverpool were, where they, were, they weren't they were even a Champions League club at times, they got 
you know, they got Salah right. They got well, f- well, first they appointed the right manager. They got Klopp because they used the cachet of being Liverpool and they got the right manager. Then they got their attack right. They got their midfield right. They got the defense and the goalkeeper right. So I'm saying it's possible mm. to co- to go from midfield, and if you get things right, then you can go. So I can see Chelsea. I can see Liverpool. I could see City. I could see United. Just competent football decisions. And you have to have the right director of football. You have to have the right scouting as well, and of course the right manager. So basically, the key is not only what's on the pitch; is the things out of the pitch have to be right as well. But well, you always have paradigm shifts. My thing is that this Liverpool dominance, it could last three years, four years, five years. Could it last six years? Could it last, could it last seven years? Doubtful. Like it's going to last for at least the next three, three, four years. Like they will be amongst the best for these three four years six seven years we have we will see a new empire rise um opinion on genie he is still underrated in my opinion one of the best central midfielders in the premier league from connor nunn who i think is also in the comments mm. what do you think about one algium um good really good midfielder i can't put him as one of see ronaldo but that's where i think there's Ronaldo for Holland and Ronaldo for, for Liverpool. Ronaldo for Liverpool is very functional. Very functional. Like, he's very good at just doing that job, at just keeping that midfield ticking, protecting the ball, not losing possession. Ronaldo for Holland is a really good attacking midfield. You know, he's a really good attacking midfield. So he's just employed in a different way. So maybe you can see that. And as this, he's very versatile. You know, he knows that he can play as a central midfielder to keep possession, and he can also play as an attacking midfielder to turn up the attack. One of the best midfielders in the Premier League, I don't know. I mean, you're looking at De Bruyne now, you're looking at Rodri, you've still got to say about Pogba. I think Kovacic is slept on, you already know about Kante. So, um, Winks, nah, joking, joking, joking. Who's the best midfielder at Liverpool? Does Fabinho count as a yes. midfielder? Yeah. Fabinho. Henderson has really impressed me. He has really impressed me. But overall, it's Fabinho. Which is even wilder that they haven't lost games and he's been out for like a month or two. Bro, so, what Liverpool are doing this season makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. You know, I think they're on pace for 114 points or something like that. Like, um, They've drawn one game and won the rest. That's stupid. It's That's wild. stupid. Um, speak on Big Rom from our friend Red. Lukaku was all right today, I saw. Scored a couple goals. Um, um, also, no, no, no. Before I forget, before I forget, because I tweeted this out. I can't remember her name. Female football analyst, Mino Ruka or something. <laughs> I don't remember. I, know I, think, I think you were even involved in this. I think we have, we probably even mentioned this, I think, on one episode. I don't know where... if we've talked about this, but I know we've talked about this concept, but we haven't talked about her in particular. Okay, because I remember like she, yeah, like years ago, this was doing the whole Morata Lukaku thing of like Charles United, and I remember her saying that. Always go with the more intelligent player. I was like, what the? And 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 the key thing is the the key thing is this. That's what she said. Blah blah. Uh, Morata is much more intelligent. You know, the smarter player. Last I saw Morata, he missed an open goal. That's last time I saw Morata, he missed an open goal. And the reason why Atletico are trying so hard to get Cavani is. They have two bricks on their books called Morata and Costa. Lukaku deserved, let's guys, let's be real. Lukaku deserves to be called Tims. 
and he deserved the abuse that we gave him during those times as, as Man United. Now, I don't know whether it's Conte who worked magically for Italy, worked magically for Juventus, worked magically for Chelsea in a short space of time. Bro, man, this guy's having a very good season. When have we ever seen Lukaku play in a two-man system, though? He didn't play it at Everton. He didn't play it at United. Definitely didn't play it at Chelsea. Didn't they sometimes go to at United with him and, 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 and Rashford or him and Martial? I always thought they played, especially with Mourinho, one striker and then 4-2-3, one in behind him, or 4-3-3. No, I mean, no, that's it. Because see, so, so this, is, this is like, the, I think this is the first time in his career. Maybe with Holland they did. I mean... Or not Holland, uh, Belgium, excuse me. Because I was but, thinking Everton. But who was the other striker then? Because I always felt like uh, uh, Lukaku was wide right. Mm. Because that was Martinez's ploy. It well, was him on the right. Is it with 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 Bopopolasia? And they were speaking Lingala, and people were like, "Lukaku and Palasi have a secret language." But, 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 do you know? It's so so crazy that you bring that up because people kept getting annoyed. Well, sort of like irritated when I, I kept on saying that strike partnership, strike partnership, strike partnership. There are some players that we've seen who may are struggling for goals, struggling to do well. What if you gave them a strike partner? Maybe they become better. Talking, let's do talking tactics. Is oh, the game has become much more midfield heavy now. Having the two strikers, you are at a disadvantage against the team that you're playing, who has the extra midfielder, based on how they've now set up their whole um, lineup with regards to the inside forwards and the midfielders and the inside forwards who could not join in the midfield. But my thing is, look, whatever you see on the formation sheets before the game isn't what happens in practice on the pitch. So, because that's why I'm always annoyed whenever people say, all right, look, 4 foot 2 4 foot No, it's 4 foot 2 as just the computer thing. There's your formation with the ball. There's your formation without the ball. That's where I was going to go. Like, the, 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 numbers are <clears throat> the numbers are more representative of the defensive structure. They're not hmm. necessarily reflective of the offensive structure. Hmm. That's all. Or, 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 or even vice versa. But it's like, so my thing about this is that that's why that's what makes Liverpool so dangerous. Forget Liverpool's formation. Forget it. <laughs> Forget Liverpool's formation. Forget it. What Klopp does, which is what he did at Dortmund, was similar to if you watch Brazil in 1998 is... The right back is in the midfield. The striker is back in the midfield. The, the, the left winger is coming into the striker position. Everyone is just going everywhere. So how do you defend that? But the only way that works is you have to be incredibly fit, incredibly energetic, and we attack as a unit and we defend as a unit. And there has to be amazing understanding for us to play such a unorthodox dynamic way of where we are just moving all, all around the pitch. Right. You know, so um, so basically back to the point with Lukaku is if you give some strikers a strike partner, it's maybe changed the dynamic because trust me, playing as a lone striker is hard. It's very hard. Even if you've got your inside forwards and so forth, though those inside forwards are far away from you. So maybe they become on a bunch of, but they're still far away from you. So, you know, yeah, strike partnership, baby. Um, expectations in terms of football this decade. Can you name five to ten things that you guys reckon are nailed on to happen from Jack? So, 
five things. Can we come up with five things that we think will happen in this decade? There's, I mean, there's something's going to happen with VAR. What do you think? Do you think that they would ever eliminate referees, like the running referees on the pitch, and just you would have just the eye in the and the eye in the sky would kind of blow Wait. a whistle or something? I don't know. You mean this this decade or whenever? I don't know. I don't know this decade or like in the future. I guess. Oh no, no, look, <laughs> bro. If I had a time machine and went like, let's say, forty years into the future, you probably have robots calling the game, bro. And, and basically, let, let's say we, we went to the time machine and be like, okay, we'll open, let's go into the um, Camp Nou X or something. And we're going down and be like, yo, man, where the hell is the referee? Guys are like, referee, what? <laughs> Whoa, we we got rid of those flipping bricks like 20 years ago. This These robots make decisions far better and with 99.99% accuracy. Screw those bloody um, imperfect human referees, man. Five things I think are going to happen. Um... I think England's going to get rid of the League Cup. I think they're going to get rid of the fourth cup competition. I think that'll happen this decade. I World, think World Cup will expand. To how World, many teams? 48. Like they, will, they will try and enforce the World Cup. Something like different is going to happen with the World Cup. Wouldn't we already know? What is it? We, we would already know. Because the only there's only going to be two World Cups in this decade, the one in Qatar in a couple years, and then America, mm -hmm. Canada, Mexico. So they may they, they may changes for the America, Canada one. I, I feel like we'd already know, but who knows? You might be right. Um, Something's going to happen in, in the Champions League as well. I think they, they're going to do because that thing is getting so big. It's going to some European Super League. No, people no? Want, 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 want to allow it, but. This decade, and this is where maybe we are concerned. I really think something, I don't know whether it will be positive or negative, something is really going to happen with regards to um, football analysis on the internet and how it's being reported. Like, basically, like in the last few years, you've seen a massive growth with regards to what they want to call it football influences, football fan channels and everything happen on YouTube. I think in this next decade, because of the rapid growth that has happened, something is going to happen with regards to where maybe there's actually a full-on dedicated channel or section or platform for football analysts or football fan channels. What do you think... Well, I mean, I don't want to discount your point. I just don't know what to say in response. So mm. I, I take it on board, but I don't know how to follow that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think the transfer record will be in 2030? I saw someone just put in a bill. Um, Keep in mind now it's 200. It's two, we, we'll call it 200 million pounds for yeah. Neymar. We can, we can call it that. Um, so what do you think? The, do you think that record will still be there? Do you think it'll be smashed? Oh, no, no, no. It'll, 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 like, and it, it could be Mbappe. Mbappe to Madrid. Mbappe yeah, like, to... Basically, this decade, unless some, some new player comes out of nowhere, I think Mbappe is going to be the most expensive player in the world, and we're looking at 500. Oh, you think more? No, I think less. I think that's crazy. 500, um, 500, yeah. 
I think if Neymar is the kind of platform here. Because, like, Neymar suppose was such a huge jump. Suppose Mbappe wins or helps France win the Euros this year. Mm. And let's just say, just for sake of argument, PSG win the Champions League. So this, guy would have a, so this guy would have, um, I know, but just for sake of argument, he would have a Champions League, he would have a Euro, and he would have a World Cup medal. So let's just say that those are those are the facts on the table going into like 2021 or something like that. 350? Something like that? Like 323? Not above 400, but above 300. Somewhere, somewhere in the 300s, I think that would be by the time we get to 2030, that would be the record, and it will be Mbappe to Real Madrid from PSG. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean well, you know, I mean, maybe 420. Then let me. I just think 300 is is too low. It's too low. 420, 420. Have you been smoking? No, no, no. I don't. I don't smoke, bro. I'm clean. 420, 420. I mean, you know. Oh, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> Four, 434 then. shout out out to stoners out there who caught that um all right we got a couple more questions we can do 500 from Mbappe. are you drunk well apparently you're going to be a football agent and i'll be a football manager i think it'd be cool to be an agent i'd rather be a a coach why do people undervalue the fa cup from mason board because it's not it's, 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 it's not relevant in 2020 bro Okay, is the FA Cup irrelevant, or do people just not care? Meaning, meaning the fact that people don't care makes it irrelevant, right? That's the like the definition of relevance is do people care about this? Yeah, but the FA Cup should still be relevant. Why? Because it's the biggest cup competition in England. Things have changed, and I think that people have to accept the fact that um. When you look at degrees of importance, again, you have to bring in social media and just how the way that we're perceiving football has has changed. I even if the treble is still the treble, I still think a huge focus is on your league and the Champions League. I think those are really the big things that will that really will garner you the, the most things. So I just think the your domestic cup is just like an appendage, like an addition. But I just think the focus is definitely your league and the, and the Champions League. You see, I feel like I feel like if England get rid of the League Cup, which kind of muddies the water on domestic cups because you have two, you get rid of the Carling the Sponsorship Cup, Carling Cup, mm-hmm. Worthington Cup, Carabao Cup, uh, Carling whatever whatever they whatever the sponsor wants to be, you get rid of that and you only have one cup competition. I feel like. England would care more about the FA Cup because I think the the first League Cup was in 1970, maybe 1960, but I think for sure 60 or 70. Um, and in between that time, I think the FA Cup is the oldest cup competition in the world. Mm-hmm. Started in I think the 1800s. Somebody in the chat can tell me if I'm right or wrong. So like you have this almost a hundred year span of like caring about the FA Cup as the only cup competition. They bring in another one. And I feel like once once teams started throwing the League Cup in terms of we're going to put out our youth yeah. or our youth, youth team, our youth reserve, once you start doing it, that in one cup competition, 
you, you're just going to start doing it in all of them. So the first round, especially this week and the one after, you'll see a bunch of kids like what Liverpool did against Everton. Granted, mm. they got the win, credit, a really good goal from, I think it was uh, Jones. Yeah. I'm not quite sure on the first really, one. Amazing goal. Amazing yeah, goal. Really, really good goal. But the fact that Klopp is like, they're not going for a treble. So like you're you're putting your you reserve team in the FA Cup, are they are, maybe he's can are, are they still in the League Cup? I think they might be, but the FA Cup and the Premier League and the Champions League would be like the real triple Curtis Jones. Mm. Um, so is that the eighteen seventy one? So for a hundred years, England didn't have a League Cup. Mm. Okay. And then, so that's where the basis of the magic of the FA Cup is the biggest cup competition. Woo -woo. Then you put that second one in there, and it's like, what are we meant to do with this? So people start throwing it, and mm -hmm. by the time you get to the FA Cup, I think that that idea of you know we'll just throw the cup competition. It, it's not that big of a deal. The champions, yeah, because it's just too many, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think England messed up by doing that. I mean, or well, having the extra cup. Yeah, like in, in Spain, do people not care about the Copa del Rey? I think they care. They might not care about as much as the Champions League or the league. You're not meant to, mm. but there's still an idea that we want to win it. Well, no, 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 but I do think that in Germany, Spain, and so forth, I don't think there is as much importance on the DFP Pokal or the Copa del Rey as much as the FA Cup. I think in England, they really make the FA Cup a big deal, specifically because of the whole things of the smaller teams and the chance of the smaller teams trying to... So I think there's a bigger push with regards to the tradition and the history of the of the FA Cup. So they really try hard to make it really important. But I just think like online and with the kids and with the fans and so forth, I think the FA Cup is there, but I just, I just, I think people are more focused on who wins, who wins the league, who gets top four, who finishes, who gets the relegation. I think that's, and of course, what you do in, in Europe. I think that supersedes FA Cup. Like the FA Cup was much bigger back in the day, like 10, 15, 20 years ago. Do you care about the FA Cup? Me? Yeah. No. Like if Chelsea were to win the FA Cup, it doesn't move you? No. Really? Like, it's cool and everything, but no, no. So, so in. So like, in like, like if you asked me this, like. 15 years ago, oh, because I, yeah, I remember in school when I watched when Di Matteo scored the um, the winning goal. I think that was against Villa when um, what's his face Southgate was still playing for Villa back in the day. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, I was I was jumping up and I was so happy, blah blah. But in 2020 now, like Chelsea and Cup, like okay, cool, it's a trophy, but you see, in in 2012, I think that was that wasn't the, the time before last Chelsea won the FA Cup. They beat Spurs. In the semi-final, if you remember, they beat them 5-1. Lampard had a crazy free kick. Drogba had that goal against Galas where he pivoted and turned and scored yeah, with his yeah, left yeah. foot. Um, and then they beat Liverpool in the final. I think Ramirez and Drogba had the goals. Czech had a crazy save on Andy Carroll. Um, I remember that run, and I remember thinking, like, so people don't care about this. In terms of like, because even even back then, you could tell where it was going in terms of, ah, oh, the FA Cup is dead. I think that's just something that people say in the early stages. But then once you get down into the quarterfinal, the semifinal, the final, people care. Like, you're going to do an FA Cup final preview and review oh, on yeah. your channel. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's Manchester City against Liverpool for the FA Cup final. Can 
Uh, Manchester City stopped Liverpool from winning a trouble. Can Liverpool win a trouble? What, but, what, what, the, but the difference, though, a key difference is like in the Champions League, there is interest all the way through. Mm-hmm. For FA Cup, the interest only really comes in from the semifinals. So once you don't get the semifinals, no, oh. no, it doesn't. Not necessarily because, like, when um, so so, like, so even in the quarterfinals and round six, people are like, oh, what's going to happen? This is the interesting thing that happens, and I could relate this to kind of March Madness, which is a college basketball oh, yeah, no, that know. happens in America. And, and also, Future has a song called March Madness. Very good. Um, the the first rounds of the FA of the March Madness tournament are very interesting because you have big teams against little teams, and it's can these little teams? I put little teams in quotes. Can these little teams beat these big teams? Mm. Most most of the time, the big teams win, but there are these odd occasions, magical magical occasions that people might call it, where madness happens, and the little team upsets the bigger team. But once you get past the first two rounds and things kind of even out, there might be mm-hmm. one or two they call them Cinderellas, mm-hmm. but then you kind of get into the meat and potatoes of the tournament where the all most of the big teams have filtered through, and you kind of get into the minutia of the tournament. Mm. For, the, for the next couple of rounds, and then you get the final four. I think that's what happens with the FA Cup to an extent, where it's interesting if, you know, Chelsea play against some non-league some, you know, League Two team or something. Yo, if the team, if the League Two team win, that's very interesting. Oh, yeah. what's, up, what's wrong with Chelsea? Who are, who are these guys that are dishwashers and, you know, seed planters on farms or whatever? I don't know. But seed planters, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, just laborers, so to speak, like semi-professional footballers, that becomes interesting. But then once you get into the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, and the Cinderella's aren't there, and you're still watching Chelsea play, call it Swansea City or something like that, that's not really that interesting. But then once once the teams get whittled down even further and you get to the last eight or the last four, Definitely the final intrigue starts again because there's something to win at this point. So it's like both. There's intrigue at the top. There's intrigue at the bottom. But in the middle, there's this kind of like, uh, it's just taken away from the Premier League and the Champions League. And I'd rather do something else with my time. So I think that's part of the problem with it. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I just like, I don't want to be sort of like, um, disrespectful to the small teams because it is a massive deal for a small team to play as Old Trafford, to play the Etel, to play at Anfield. Because first of all, it's the cha- you only get one chance ever if you're a non-league team to play at Anfield, or the amount of money you will get and exposure you will get for Liverpool or United or City coming to play in your small crib will be huge. So that is obviously always a big, huge thing. But in the grander scheme of things. I just think the FA Cup has lost the kind of magic it once had when I was growing up and watching football. I just think, as a right now, I just think it's the league, it's the Champions League, or this league, or it's the Europa League. See, I, I care about the FA Cup. Like, I will, I'll watch Chelsea play against Nottingham. Uh, what do they? Who do they play? Um, Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest. That was right. Um, Mitchie, shocking game, horrible game. Let me just put that on wax. Mitchie had a terrible game. Oh, that's a nice mic. <laughs> Blue snowball, man. 
This this is the only reason that we do this podcast. I bought this mic for like 50, 60 bucks and I wasn't using it. So anyway. Shout um, out to um Roadman. Shout out to Roadman. That's why I roll man. So yeah, no, yeah, I just yeah, want, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say officially Mitchie had a bad game. I wouldn't be surprised if him and Giroud leave the club. Um hey. yeah, it's not good. So you got anything left? I mean, we're at 120. No, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's this is, this, is, this, is, this is cool, man. Our first ever video um, thingy, man. So this 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 is um, an interesting frontier. Well, some guy just said that we, we should do the extra live. That's not possible, unfortunately. Because if we do it live, then the people that pay, people that don't pay can watch. Mm. So that's not possible. Unless, okay, yeah. Yeah. So, what this. Um, someone asked, so when is HH is HH getting married this decade? HH is never getting married. I mean, <laughs> I mean, be in a union, in relationship, I my, my plan is to do what's called Russell and Goldie Horn do. Just kind of live with someone for life, yeah, but yeah. never get married. Yeah. Same thing with them. What's it called? Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon, but they separated a few years ago. That's what I'll, I'll do. Hmm. Marriage is is, is overrated, bro. You don't believe in the institution? No. Nah. <laughs> what so, 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 I love you and everything, and I'm, I have to now sign a, a contract? Get, get, get the heck out of here, man. That's a very non-African statement, though. Like you don't I know. Like- and, and I have been looked at like a flipping weirdo when I said, I'm not too sure about getting married. I've been looked at as like a psychopath. What is, but, but, but no. what is what is your mom? What is mom? What does Mama Hope think about this? Oh, she she doesn't she doesn't want to hear it. Like, she, <laughs> I like according to her, I am I'm getting married. Doesn't matter. I am getting married. That's that's what what she she believes. In. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm sorry, it it it, it ain't happened, bro. <laughs> okay, so yeah, this has been Talking Tactics. Uh, we do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter is the main one. Um, Follow us on SoundCloud if you're over there. Listen. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Also, as well, if you want to help support us and support um, the Talker Tactics brand, think about becoming a Patreon. Um, If you're a Patreon, that is where you can um, access the extra that we post every single week. So the extra is something that we do as a thank you for people who showed the Patreon? So obviously, the um, link will be in the description box below. Yep. that you can click into. So yeah, talking tactics podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. See you guys next week. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.